Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding and check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. We are live. It is Fight IQ presented by Rotowire. UFC 228, our main event. Thank goodness it's still intact. It is Tyron Woodley taking on Darren Till for the UFC Walterweight Championship. No more USC flyweight championship. That fight has been scrapped. Nico Montano. Um, weight cut issues, presumably. I haven't been on Twitter in the last couple hours, so maybe there was more development. We will briefly touch on that fight in the spot, in, in the order. Um, but we are back for a DraftKings breakdown. I'm your host, the Daily Fantasy Sniper. With me, as always, is Joe Sunsu and Chris from Rotowire, at Real Chris Olson, at Sunsu, at the DFS Sniper with, with one S. Guys, you looking forward to uh, this card? Yes, and oh, by the way, Sean, I don't know if you saw it, but Dana White vacated the flyweight title. I have not I seen see that. that yes. Yeah, he vacated it. So apparently, he was not happy with Ms. Montano. So he vacated the title and stated that Val would fight for that at, at with an unnamed opponent at a future date. See, I was really hoping they were going to have Andrade or Tatiana Suarez step up, but it's a big risk for both of them. They are. They are straw weights and a bigger risk for Tatiana. I mean, Andrade has fought at 135, so right. but even so, a risk for her when she's in line for the next title shot at straw weight. So, so we'll put that one to the side. That would have been interesting for DraftKings. I think a lot of people are on Montano as a punt, and now I think a lot of that money is going to go towards Kovalkiewicz. And we will get there, but we'll, we'll give Chris a chance to intro himself. How how has your week been, Chris? You got any you know 
hot takes where me and me and Joe are gonna harass you this week? Oh, I I mean I live for that stuff, so you know it's coming. But uh, you know, as far as the card in general goes, you know there are there are fights in general I'm looking forward to. But overall, I don't know. This, this seems kind of like a like a sort of like a stars and scrubs card to me. I'm I'm a little more in, interested in the main event than I, I think a lot of people are. Um, just going by Twitter, but I don't know. I guess we'll see. Uh, We'll see what our takes are when we get there. By the way, Chris, is that is that a is that an aqua blue velour V neck shirt that you're wearing there? I mean, yeah, this is a, this is my uh, this is my robin's egg blue uh, V neck, and uh, I pull it out for special occasions. And what could be more special? So shoot, the eighties the eighties called, and they want their shirt back. I mean, the, no. the robin's egg blue is designed to keep you calm, Joe. So let's <laughs> that's okay. right. Yes, I don't know if it's going to work. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I doubt that. Yeah. Before we get into the fights. Um, as I mentioned, this, this podcast is brought to you by Rotowire. Make sure to, roto, to go to rotowire.com slash free. Check out all their usually paid content free for 10 days, no credit card required. Again, rotowire.com slash free. All the daily stuff that they have you covered with, especially with football starting. They have um, daily content as well. Their, their MMA optimizer is in beta, so they have that going. Check out all the great stuff at Rotowire. I want to thank them for having us on. And we're still going to harass you every week to get us on 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 serious. Oh, also, real quick, the Sean, there is a, there is actually a, uh, a a voice pod on in under the MMA content that was done by Jake and John. Um, you know, they 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 went through the card. Um, obviously, not as knowledgeable as us, but <laughs> they did they did give a shout out to Fight IQ. Um, you oh, know, man. so yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, I, that tells you you didn't listen to it, bad Chris. Um, I actually listened to it. It's it's like a forty minute um, you know, voice pod. So I, I encourage people to, in all seriousness, I encourage people to go listen to that as well. And and we are on that, that iTunes stream as well. If you're listening there, we record these Fridays usually at eight o'clock. Jump on YouTube where we stream these live. Ask us questions. Um, I just ask for some in the YouTube chat now. Love to have them. There's usually some some good banter back and forth in there. I think we've done a pretty good job introing. Guys, let's get to some fights. And this first one I'm actually really interested in. It is Jared Brooks, 9,000, coming in on short notice. He plays. He replaced Ryan Benoit. He takes on Roberto Sanchez at 7,200. And why this is interesting, to me, this is people don't like playing the first fight of the card. You're afraid you're going to lose and all your money's gone. To me, this is a great GPP fight. Before I get into that, I should mention the odds in this fight. Jared Brooks is a minus 200 favorite, which I feel like it opened, did open higher. It opened at minus 245. He's down to minus 200. The comeback on Roberto Sanchez, plus 185. Look, people are afraid of Brooks because he knocked himself out in his last fight with that, um, <laughs> with that slam. He's a, he's a relentless wrestler. He's, in his fights, should usually score well on DraftKings. On the other hand, you've got Roberto Sanchez, who's a submission specialist. Brooks, you would think, is going to get this fight to the ground, and that makes Sanchez a live dog on the ground. Unfortunately, Sanchez has terrible striking, and for what it's worth, Brooks, while he's usually undersized, did hurt um, Shorty Torres in the feet in their last fight. Granted, everyone hurt Shorty Torres in the feet. Um, either way, I like this fight because there's some uncertainty but I think whoever wins is going to score highly. I think Brooks is going to go under, go under own for that top range, and I think Sanchez is a, a viable high ceiling punt. Um, in terms of the fight pick, I always like to beat the BJJ guys, and really you're hurting for value on this card, so I can't tell if my pick is Roberto Sanchez or just need him to win because I have him 
in a fair amount of lineups. Smart picks probably Brooks in the wrestling, but Sanchez is a very live dog. Start with Joe this week. We'll start with Mr. Narrative. What do you got? Okay, so it's great because there is some narrative on this fight. And when when I and, – and the, the good news to my being incredibly busy with my day job this week is that I have not created a lot of lineups. So that means I don't have as many lineups to change with the cancellation of the uh, co-main event. Um, but I did find myself, interestingly enough, earlier in the week having a fair number of lineups that, that tied Val and Roberto Sanchez together which um, was kind of interesting. Now, as the week progressed, and I've, I've kind of done a lot more research, and my research is generally done late. Like, I do a lot of my research. I listen to pods all week, but, like, my hardcore research is typically Thursday, Friday. You know, a couple of things have come to light. Now, obviously, Brooks is a short-notice replacement here, and since I am Mr. Narrative, um, the one thing that concerns me a little bit about Sanchez and it's kind of is, is making me a bit cold, colder on him as, as a play, is that he is a part-time fighter that does one thing well. And by part-time, I mean he works, as many others do, a day job. But his plan is not to like win enough money so that he could dump his day job and train full-time to be a UFC fighter. He has no intention of ever leaving his day job. So he's a set, he is a part-time fighter who is a BJJ specialist. That's it. Now, you know, Brooks, to the best of my knowledge, is a full-time fighter. Um, maybe not the highest, maybe doesn't have the highest fight IQ. Um, but what he did and his, his win, I'm going to say loss win because he probably should have won, but his loss against uh, Figueiredo um, in Brazil now looks so much better um, based on, on what we've seen from, you know, that Davis and Figueroa. So I, I'm, you know, look, I, I get wanting Sanchez to win and I am going to have some exposure to him, but with Val falling out and, and Brooks being in that upper range at nine K at that nine K price, I'm probably going to have more Brooks than I would have had, you know, had Val been an option. So I'm going to pick Brooks to win, uh, but I get, I get what you're saying about Sanchez. Chris, what do you got on this one? Yeah, I uh, I mean, I hated when, when uh, Benoit fell out because I, I think Benoit's a from up takedowns. And so I think uh, Sanchez would have a better, um, you know, better opportunity for top control. But having said that, I mean, Brooks has been taken down in every one of his UFC fights. Not that he's easy to get down. He tends to keep distance and move in and out very well. Um I, I, I like Sanchez quite a bit as a fighter. I think not only is he a, a good BJJ guy, but he, he showed off some impressive wrestling in his last fight too, uh, some, some kind of tricky uh, you know, double leg to trip transitions, and I like that about him. I mean, I get people were off him because you know, he got you know, club and subbed by uh, Joseph Morales, who is sort of an F fighter, but you know, that was kind of a weird situation. They were resetting after a scramble. And he got caught, so that happens. But we haven't really seen a whole lot of striking uh, from Sanchez, so it's I'm not prepared I, to I say. To stop you that, no, you need to see the go follow um, at Mr. Honky on Twitter. Uh, shout out to him; he posts oh, great yes, posts all the, the time. time the go find of Roberto Sanchez shadow boxing for a regional fight. It's mm, bleep and pathetic. It's, it's right, well, not good. 
I'll take your word for that. I, that's fine. But regardless, you know, I, 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 I think. <laughs> so you're telling me, you're telling me it's Rousey level. Is that what you're saying? It's Rousey level. It, Rousey's might be better, at least for oh, the shadow boxing that I saw. All right. He almost knocked himself out shadow boxing, so that should tell you something. <laughs> all right. Well, taking that all into account, I um, you know, I'm I'm really impressed with his transitions. I think they're really slick and really clean. And um, I do take the, take the point that that Brooks is a better boxer and can hit fairly hard for the division. Um, but as you said, uh, Sean, and I take the point, and I agree with you. That we're kind of hurting for value on this card. A guy who can, you know, get a finish on the ground where this fight is probably going to wind up at some point, no matter who takes it there. I think um, Sanchez has a good avenue here. I think Brooks is probably the better fighter overall. But, you know, when you're looking for when you're looking for value plays, you're looking for punts. These specialists can be the kind of people that you need. And for that reason, I think Sanchez is very live. Um, my pick I think with a gun to my head, I'll go with Brooks just because I think that, um, you know, the movement and the better striking is going to play well. But uh, it certainly wouldn't surprise me uh, if Sanchez gets a, a, a sub here. And I'm, I'm kind of going to be, uh, you know, hoping for it in some of these lineups. So. Right, that was a long time in our opening fight, but I do think it is an important fight for uh, DFS this week. A fight that I think is much less important for DFS, but I'm actually looking forward to for watching is card Irene Aldana, 8200, taking on Lucy Pudalova at 8,000. I believe Aldana is still the favorite, although the line last time I looked was closing. It is, but she's a minus 110 favorite. The comeback on Pudalova is plus 100. Well, this fight, I think they're going to stand and trade. Aldana um, has to be fighting for her job at this point. Although, no, she beat Talita Bernardo last yeah. time out, but I don't rate Talita Bernardo very highly. Bernardo's got no gas tank, and that was just a, a weird fight. Um, Pudalova, on the other hand, uh, is coming off back-to-back wins. Sarah Marais, and um, I think Gian Kim before that. The problem with Pudalova is that she doesn't score well. Yeah, she scored 99 last time against Sarah Marais, but she had two knockdowns in that fight, and you can't count on two knockdowns in a fight often from these women fighters. I think Aldana, I have flip off in this fight a few times because Pudelow is going to pressure. We've seen Aldana struggle with pressure, specifically in the Leslie Smith fight. Um, they stand, a, I think Pudelow is going to close the distance, try and make this a dirty fight up against the cage, and neither one of them score well. I don't think she's going to be successful for three rounds. I think this is a split decision fight where they you know, are up against the cage for a round and a half, and in space, Aldana has a little better boxing in space. I'll take Irene Aldana. I think she's stronger than Pudalova. I don't think Pudalova is going to be able to control her long enough. If I'm wrong and Pudalova is stronger, Pudalova wins a close fight. But for DFS, I don't have much interest either way. I think it's unlikely either one of them end up in the optimal lineup. And for cash games, I'm not even sure a floor is a super high floor is there for either one of them. So with that, we'll start with Chris and we'll save the MMA whisperer, the women's MMA whisperer to go to go last year. Chris, what do you got? Well, yeah, I mean, this is going to be our first significant disagreement, I guess, with many more to come, I would imagine. But um, I actually think this this is a good fight to target, especially in that mid-range. I think I think this is going to be a fight where, you, again, like you said, I mean, I agree with you that Pudlov is going to come forward. And I also agree that um, Aldana um, had shown 
problems with pressure. In fact, I was gonna I was gonna reference Leslie Smith's fight specifically, but I think that you're gonna get a lot of standing and trading here. I think um, that's you don't sort think of how Pudo is gonna close the distance and be on the cage. Huh? You don't think Pudelova her game plan is gonna be not to stand and trade? I think Pudelova's game plan is going to be to clinch up against the fence. Do you kind of, do you just disagree with that? Which is fine. I'm just is that how you see her winning just out in space? That that might be her game plan, but I I, I don't think that um, I think that Aldana is going to kind of make her fight like that, and I think that she wants to. I think that she wants to throw hands. I think that we saw that in the Marais fight. I think um, I think we we saw a lot of of good work. We saw a lot of better work from her than we saw in the in the uh, in her first fight. There, she uses angles more, or she did in that fight, which I liked. Um, but yeah, no, I, I see her throwing hands. I I don't. Think she's gonna want to clinch up as much i think um i really think this is just gonna be you know kind of a slugfest i think it, it's gonna resemble the leslie smith um uh aldana fight in my opinion and i think for for the for these prices at 82 and 8 and as you said we're struggling to find some value i i think this could really be you know a sneaky high score for the winner and even for the loser to a certain extent i mean it's it sort of reminds me of uh Last week when you had, uh, uh, who was it? Um, uh, who, who I picked, take, took as my Courtney hot take. Casey. Courtney Casey? Yes, K Casey and uh, the Casey fight. How, how come I can't remember her name? Who'd she fight? Who did Courtney Casey fight? Angela Hell. Yes. That's no, right, we, Angela we, Hill. No, no, you can't compare that. We knew that fight was high output. Angela Hell is always high output. You can't. Yeah, no, I agree, but. But, but Al, well, look at the history. Aldana's significant strikes, 70 against Bernardo, 84 against Chukagian. 84, right. 42, right. 70, at 70 points and a win. No, I see it, but but this is this is a fight where I think you're going to have a matchup with two people who want to throw hands, and I think that's what they're going to do. I'm just dying over here. I'm dying over well, here. Well, because... Joe, my disagreement, so it's just disagreement on what we think Pudelova's game plan is going to be. Chris thinks it'll be in space. I think she's going to clinch. So. You, know what's, you know why I'm so pained here is because I actually agree with Chris. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yes. he, he actually stole all – he stole absolutely every bit of my thunder here, right okay. down to the verbiage that I think that this is a sneaky fight to target. Um, this is going to be a good day for me, because, I think. Because I, I, I saw, I see it the same way. I mean, we were actually talking about this on Creating Alpha, you know, where I think this could be a sneaky fight because um, these ladies both like to throw. Um, you know, I, I see this as being a fairly high output fight. And I, you know, look, I don't know if given some of the other potential finishes on this card that, you know, either one of these will be on the optimal lineup. But I certainly see getting 10x or maybe more, you know, in a win. I think these women are just going to trade. Uh, my pick is, El I don't know if we got your pick, Chris, but my pick is Eldana. I think Eldana is going to have the, the, the size and strength advantage. I mean, she looks absolutely freaking huge in her last fight. Like, I don't know what she weighed. Um, I, I don't know if we saw the stats about what she weighed at, you know, at fight time. But she easily looked like a featherweight. Um, in that fight, she had such, I had never seen her. Well, I mean, she had a really big size advantage. We'll leave it at that. Um, I think this is a winnable fight for her. I like Pudlova. I mean, I, I think this is going to be a banger. She likes to get bloody, you know, her, her, her fight against what the elbow princess was at Landsberg. I mean, that was a bloody fight. So um, I'm going to.
pick Aldana, and I, I, I hate myself for doing it, but I do uh, agree with the real Chris Olsen yes. on this. Well, no substitute. We will see what happens. Next up, back-to-back fights. We just have to ask a question. Is, is Fighter X done? We'll start with Alex White, 8,600, taking on Jim Miller at 7,600. A line on this fight, Alex White's a minus 150 favorite. Jim Miller, plus 140. Just asking the question, is Jim Miller done? I don't think he is, but he has the tougher of the two matchups of these fights. Um, Jim Miller's knocked out in his last fight against Dan Hooker. Before that, he went to decision. Granted, they were decision losses against Francisco Trinaldo, who hits freaking hard, by the way. Uh, Anthony Pettis, Dustin Poirier. Those, all those were decision. The issue here for me with Jim Miller is that those fights were all at lightweight. He's now stepping up to 170 pounds to take on Alex White. He's a dangerous guy who did lose to James Krause last, uh, last time out. He has terrible fight IQ. I think if they stand and trade, I think White's the stronger guy. And I think he'll be able to hurt Miller on the feet. Miller, though, has the veteran savvy and probably has the advantage on the ground in this one. Actually, I would say definitely has the advantage on the ground. How much do you trust Jim Miller? I'll fit him in, in, into some lineups because, again, it's one of those dogs who I think can win his fight. Alex White, for me, is really hard to trust because he's so stupid in the cage. Um, I guess I'll take Jim Miller to get an upset. Um, I'm not sure how highly he's even going to score a win, though. I think if he wins, it's at-range decision type of thing or maybe a couple takedowns and some control. I don't think he finds a sub in this one against the bigger, stronger um, Alex White. So give me Jim Miller in a decision. Um, Joe, what do you have for this one? So this is this is this is dogger pass for me. I mean, what I find interesting, and again, I don't want to make light of this because I don't know if it was a suicide attempt, if it was a a dare, or simply developing an affinity for it. But um, you know, Alex White, like like had some physical problems due to drinking gasoline as a child. I don't know if you guys had heard this or not. No. Um, this is, yeah. No, oh, yeah. Yeah. This is really weird. Like I said, so I don't want to make light of it. If it like, if he was doing it for, you know, to commit suicide, if he was just being a stupid kid, then okay. Um, but I think Jim Miller has got to be smart enough to realize that um, his only path to victory is chain wrestling here. I mean, look, he took hooker down. He couldn't hold him down. But he took Hooker down. If the Jim Miller, if this Jim Miller shows up is the one that, you know, just, you know, destroyed the legs of, of Dustin Poirier um, and, you know, made that a very, a more competitive fight than I think anybody thought, that Jim Miller could certainly beat Alex White. I mean, I, I don't see any reason why he couldn't do it. Now, I can't pay up for White. I mean, I just can't. And if Jim Miller is does lose this fight, he should leave his gloves in the octagon. You know, he should pull a Jake Shields. I mean, he's made a million over a million dollars as a fighter. He still is getting a pretty significant paycheck. Um, so I am going to tentatively pick Jim Miller in this fight, which it's more of a fade against White than anything. But I do think that if he chain wrestles, he could win. Chris, what do you got? Yeah, I, uh, you know, I actually kind of like White here. Um, not for the least of which reasons is that my philosophy of when you have a guy who's overpriced and nobody's going with him, I think you should pick him for scarcity. But I just think that, um, you know, he's got a really aggressive come forward and throw combination style. And I think that if 
if Miller is done, I think that um, White is going to give him a lot of excuses to get out of there if he wants to get out. I also think, and we saw this, we've seen this, um, you know, in, in, his, in his recent fights, we saw this in the Lozon fight, where if you come after him and, and start to pressure and strike, he kind of freezes up a little bit. Like he has this move that he tries where he wants he wants to stick his elbow out and let you run into it. And I guess that could work against White. I mean, the thing with Alex White is, you know, a lot of those shots are big looping ones. So um, if Miller can find a counter, um, he will, and he, and he could find his chin that way. But uh, I really just think that White's going to overwhelm him unless, as Joe said, he can chain wrestle and win that way. But the bigger, stronger thing, you guys referenced it. Can he hold him there? I don't know. I mean, the question is, when do we see a guy like Jim Jim Miller uh, go from, you know, a guy like this to a guy like Mike Pyle, where he's just getting knocked out every fight? And, you know, it hasn't started to happen yet, but eventually that dam's going to break. And if you think it's this fight, I think Alex White can make a super good uh, contrarian play. Moving on, speaking as Cho said, guys, I just can't pay up for Craig White at 8,800, taking on Diego Nightmare Sanchez at 7,400. Craig White minus 210, the comeback on Sanchez plus 175. Look, Sanchez at this point, you know, commentators are making jokes about him getting knocked out by Augusta Wind. Knockout losses, Joe Lozon, Ally Kinta, Matt Brown. Those are, those are decent names. I know Lozon back end of his career, so there's some, some concern there. Craig White is a cage warriors guy. I don't think he's very good. Kissed Diego Sanchez on the, on the nose at weigh-ins today. That was weird. Um, look, skill for skill, Sanchez is the better fighter. It's how shot is his chin and can White knock him out? I mean, have some shares of White in GPP, I guess, in case you know he could score 100 points in the first-round knockout. Overall, though, I, I don't think he gets it unless Sanchez is totally shot, and then I think Sanchez can wrestle and really, you know, be have have some effective moments in this fight, and then I hope he retires right afterwards, just like Jim Miller if he were to lose. Sanchez wins, he needs to step away. I like Sanchez as a value play. Chris, are you rostering the nightmare? Uh, I think so, as much as it, you know, makes me kind of queasy a little bit. I just, I, Craig White is just a weird fighter. I mean, his primary mode of, of offense is just trying to pull guard and, like, put you in a triangle, and that's that's like that's like his main offense is, is pulling guard, and I, ju- I just don't I just don't really see him as an effective striker. I re- I think that Diego Sanchez's pressure is going to be enough, and even if it's not, let's not forget it wasn't all that long ago where Diego Sanchez outgrappled Marcin Held. So I don't think that um, you know Craig White is, is going to you know find his pot of gold by you know pulling guard and having Sanchez on top. I don't. I think the BJJ is still alive and well there. His chin is probably gone, um, as you know, you've said and everybody else is saying. But you know, again, hurting for value, and this is a really good spot. Um, Craig White can catch him with probably anything, and you know, maybe put him in trouble. But uh, for now, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna roster Diego and you know hold my hold my breath a little bit, but uh, think it's gonna get there. Joe, what are you thinking? I'll make this pretty quick. I mean, I think the UFC brass got together and said, you know, who can we put up against Diego where he has a better than average chance to win? Um, and they said, oh, let's let's give him a guy who's 19 and 8 who's been finished eight times. Um, it really comes down to how shot is Diego. 
I mean, if he is truly shot and he can get knocked over by Augusta win, then I, I certainly see some advantages uh, for why. I mean, look, I, I he's he's really priced weirdly. So I don't know. Like, I think he could be an interesting play, um, but I probably will have more shares of Sanchez um, just based on my theory that, you know, this is a, a fight that the UFC wants him to win. All right, next up, Charles Bird, 8,900, taking on Darren Stewart at 7,300. Darren Stewart's the underdog at plus 165. Charles Bird, a minus 175 favorite. I'm going to look at the line history in this one. I think it's, it's okay, it, it's widening a little bit. I was open up at minus 185 for Bird. Bird, um, I've heard a lot of buzz people on Charles Bird. They like him a lot. Look, he submitted a guy with absolutely no ground game last time out in John White, Mike Tyson, Phillips. Like, the guy is bad. Darren Stewart, I get he, he you know, got subbed by Carl Roberson. That was really, you know, he got knocked down and then, and then subbed. He had fights against um, Frank Amar Bajoso and that war with Julian Marquez where he got four takedowns. That was an issue where he just has poor fight IQ, I think, is what that displayed. Uh, Eric Spicely got a, got a second-round knockout there. I think Stewart is a live dog on this card. Um, this is really Jeff Neal's first real UFC test. Um, I think this fight should be lined a little closer. Neal is, Neal is the prospect here. I really want to see what he can do against higher-level competition. He had a fight on the Dana White Tuesday Night Contender show. Now, we're talking Bird here, aren't we? Isn't it Bird yeah. versus? Oh, it is Bird. No, yeah, it yeah. Is. I, said, I said Jeff Neal, didn't I? Yeah, Neal is Camacho. Yeah, yeah Neal is Camacho. Bird, Bird is the one who fought who fought Phillips, though. Yeah, that's right. Um, slip, slip of the, the uh, tongue there, which the next fight's a real fun one. Yeah. By the way, I think Stewart is live in this one. I'm not, you know... I'm not as hyped up on Bird as I've heard some people. I think Stewart is that really at 73, 74, $7,500 price range. That's where I'm going to be mixing and matching my dogs this week. And and Darren Stewart falls right in that range just because I don't think he's as bad as the public perception. I think Bird's the better prospect. Probably the pick to win because I think Bird has a better all-around game. But it's really, really close. And I think the, the line is just too wide. So um, the pick is Bird, but give me Stewart for the value in this one. Uh, Joe? I am with you. I, I am with you. I I looked at this and I'm like, okay, Stewart looked pretty good in his last fight, um, albeit against Eric Spicely. I think Bird is a little has a little too much hype. I think the line is a bit wide. And and what is he? Is he seven two or seven three? What is seven, uh, St- seven three? Seven three. So st- at seven three, I definitely think he's worth a few shares. Um, I will probably have more shares of of uh, Stewart than I will of Bird. So I am going to go out on a limb here and pick Stewart. Um, but I definitely think this fight is in play for DraftKings, for, for GPPs. Chris, what do you got? Yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of do think Stewart's as bad as everybody thinks he is. I um, he, he showed me a little bit in his last fight. He was a little more patient. He actually showed that he knew how to use a jab a little bit. But, I mean, you want a kickboxing fight against Eric Spicy. You're supposed to do that. Um, so that doesn't really show me all that much. I think that um, I agree with you that, you know, Bird's submission of John Phillips isn't really, like, it doesn't make him, you know, some kind of ace on the ground. But it does show us that he knows how to stick to a game plan when he wants to. And he is a, a, a committed submission grappler. He's got a, a few wins there by, by uh, submission. 
And Darren Stewart, as much as he is a wrestler, he's got a he's got a power double. He's he's not a, he's not a submission grappler. I mean, most of his wins on the uh, regional scene were him taking a guy down and and you know pounding him out. So um, and we know he gasses terribly. I guess that's a concern for Bert also. But I think he'll be able to deal with it more. We saw that uh, Stewart was basically dead in the later stages of that Julian Marquez fight. I just think Marquez, that uh, wait, 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 that's not fair. Marquez pushes pushes an incredible pace. Continue. Well, but uh, Bird's going to do that too. He's going to pressure him, and he's going to throw strikes and try to get into his into his wrestling game. And uh, I I don't know, man. I just think that um, Stewart's way too uh, you know uh, one dimensional for me. He's he's just I I I don't think Bird is the deepest fighter in the world, but I think he's got a deeper skill set than Stewart. And I'm going to pick him to maybe get a late finish here after Stewart guesses. Yeah, the, the, just to, to reiterate what I was saying, I, the pick for me is Bird. I just think there's value in the line and price on, on Darren Stewart. All right, next up, we got Jeff Neal, 8,700, taking on Frank Camacho, 7,500. Jeff Neal, of course, I left the page. Sorry, guys. Minus 178, Frank Camacho, the comeback is plus 167. Look, this is a fight that, like, I'm going to throw the stat out there that you've heard six times in every other DraftKings podcast, but it's a fun one. If you were to, in each of his last two fights, if you were to stack the Frank Camacho fight in GPP, it would have been the, in the optimal lineup. That's the kind of fight this guy puts out. You know, Drew Dober and and um, Damian Brown last two times out landed over 100 significant strikes in both. He can mix in the, the uh, takedown. And that's actually where I think it's interesting here with Jeff Neal is that he'll mix in the takedown. Camacho has been knocked out in the past, but not in the UFC. He's a tough, durable guy. I think he's got one of the better floors. If he gets flash knocked out, I mean, so be it. Neil, Neil does hit hit hard, but this is a different kind of fight that, that Jeff Neal is in for here. And I think Camacho can mix in the wrestling. Give me some Frank Camacho here. I'm going to actually pick him to pull the upset in this one and win one of those crazy wars. And either way, it's a fight I am looking forward to. Uh, Joe, what do you have for this one? No, I look, I, I completely agree with everything you said. I think this is a great fight to target. Um, I think that if Camacho could get through the first round, um, you know, there's a chance that this goes to decision, which either guy could win. I think Neil, if Neil, Neil can hurt him in the first round, like flash KO him, because Camacho does have a great chin, but he, he could be flash KO'd. Um, so I think that's sort of Neil's best avenue for victory i am gonna go again this is i see this is a fairly close fight um i'm gonna go out on a limb i'm gonna i think camacho is also gonna be at a size disadvantage here um wow i guess i'll i'll pick for i'll pick camacho i mean you know i i do think that neil probably will win but i'm gonna go with camacho all right chris me and joe have both picked an underdog you were the underdog king so I assume you're taking Jeff Neal. Yes, but I'm also the contrarian king. And since you guys picked the dog, I'm going to go with uh, Neil. Look, I just think um, Neil's going to be way too quick for him. He hits hard, as you said. Um, there, is a, there is a slight worry about the takedowns, but, you know, a Frank Camacho takedown isn't isn't like a, a space double-leg takedown. It's a, it's a, you know, against the fence kind of trip kind of thing, which – could happen. I mean, we've seen we've seen uh, Neil get caught up in clinch wars before, but um, 
I just I just think he's going to be too quick. He's he's defensively responsible with his head movement. He hits very hard. Um, I agree with everyone, including our, our 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 commenter there, Will, who said that this is could be a potentially stackable fight in cash. Um, because I think that uh, you know uh, Camacho's hard to finish, as you said. They're going to be trading, but I I think Neil's going to have to drop on him pretty much every step of the way. Could Camacho land? Of course, but um, who's my pick? It's going to be uh, Jeff Neil pretty decisively. All right, moving on. Al Jermaine Sterling, 8,500, taking on Cody Stammen, 7,700. Up-and-coming prospect in Stammen is still the underdog at plus 140. Al is a minus 150 favorite. Look, this is a really close fight. It's a good fight. This is this is good matchmaking. Um, Stammen's coming off of a wins over Terry and Warrior, Tom Dukenwa, Brian Caraway. This is clearly his biggest test. I actually think I'm I'm leaning towards Aljamain Sterling for the wrestling in this one. I think that wrestling that he showed against Brett Johns is really where he's going to have the biggest advantage in this fight. I know Stammen can wrestle as well. I think Aljo is a little better. Uh, I think it's close in the feet. I think Stammen technically is a little better, but Aljo throws that funky stuff that could take Stammen a little while to get used to. I think this is a close fight that goes to decision, but I'm going to lean Aljo as my pick. Uh, Chris, I just picked a favorite, so I assume you're on the dog here, who I do think Stamets going to be pretty popular. I think I am in the minority picking Aljo in this one. Well, um, you're, you're kind of right. I, I Look, I like everything about uh, uh, Stamen. I, uh, in, the, in the Rotowire picks, before uh, before you guys came around here, I was the only one who picked him against Duke and Wine, in fact. A uh, little pat on the back for me there, but... Uh, I like everything about his game. He's got a nice stiff jab. Um, he throws in combination. He's got a good power double. Um, he's got good hard leg kicks. I, it's hard for me to call this fight because, as you mentioned, Aljo's a good wrestler himself. He, he, use, he uses those kicks nicely um, to keep distance. He's, he, he's got a good jab when he feels like throwing it. He uses his movement. But um, a fighter like Aljo, it's, it's, I'm, I'm always like, sort of it's hard for me to see what his plan is in the cage i don't really know if he has one i think he kind of just reacts to the fight whereas um stamen i think you know comes in there with a, with a good idea of what he wants to do i still think that he could use that blast double to get aljo down uh, he might not keep him there but i think maybe he can get him down maybe force him against the cage um i think this is a tough fight for me but i think i'll go dog or pass because I don't think Aljo winning is going to score all that well, and I think the the guy who's got the um, the guy who's got the higher ceiling here, I think, is probably Stamen. And I think even if he wins like a, a kind of an ugly scrap, he'd rather have the dog. So yeah, dog or pass for me, Stamen. Nope. So I I think people are making a bit much of. Aljo's last performance. I mean, prior to that last performance in Atlantic City, which was good, he has not looked great. And I am, I am, I, I'm not thrilled. I don't love, I don't love the Sarah Longo camp. I think they take fighters to a certain level and then they peak. And I think Aljo may have peaked, unfortunately. Um, Stamen, on the other hand, comes from a very underrated camp, Michigan top team, Darren Krushchank, among others. Um, Aljo also fights backing up. He fights backing up. Um, I think, uh, 
I, he doesn't like pressure. I think uh, Stamen is going to be on him. Um, I I think the odds are pretty tight. I'm going to go with the value here, and I am going to like complete the trifecta and pick um, Cody uh, t- to win. Slight upset. Not a trifecta because I'm taking Aljo, but it oh, is you're taking Aljo. I'm sorry. It is, it is very close. I'm not going to have a heavy heavy share oh. in this one. Okay, but uh, next up, a fight that let's 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 not spend too too much time on because we're going a little long. It is Tatiana Suarez, 9200, taking on Carla Esparza, 7000. Look, Suarez is going to be much bigger than Esparza. She is going to be the better grappler, and she unlike and Gadelia, by the way, in that Esparza you know performance, Gadelia still won was on a blown-out knee. Look, Suarez just does what Esparza does better, I think is going to... The wrestling should be an issue here, and I don't know how is going to deal with that. Um, I like Suarez in this fight pretty much to... What's interesting is because Esparza has a grappling base, we could get some rinse and repeat takedowns and a lot of points. Either way, Suarez is the play here. I don't see myself with a lot of Esparza, if any, at all. Joe? Well, okay, so... I love Tatiana Suarez. She's one of my favorite fighters. Looks, fighting style. They're calling her the female Khabib. Um, I have to say, I, I, I do give credence to the, the blown-out knee that Gedalia had. With that said, I thought Esparza has looked better than ever in her last few fights. I mean, Cynthia Calvillo, I believe she was a dog in that fight. Um, you know, it was a very tough fight um, against... Claudia, which she actually could have won. I mean, I think that fight was that close. I get that she's the shorter fighter. I think this is by far Suarez's toughest test. Um, I would not advocate at this current line, like betting money on Suarez, a professional who's only had six fights, um, a number of which were in a kind of a joke of a regional organization, which essentially were amateur fights. So I... I like Suarez. I, I actually like Andrade more in terms of DraftKings. I will say that. Um, but I will have a few shares of um, Esparza just because Suarez's striking is not great. Um, you know, whoever, you know, went into a fight with Carla Esparza thinking that Esparza might actually be the better striker. Um, but, I, yeah, I do like Tatiana. I, I am going to pick her to win this fight. but. Um, I do think that this this like could be closer than people think. Do you like her in cash games? Um, you know, with with Val not being there, I mean, I, I would have rated, I would have gone like Val, um, I would have gone Val, Andrade, Zabit, and Tatiana. So now that Val is out, you know, if you're going to do a, a dogs and or a stars and scrubs lineup, you know, I definitely like. Tatiana and Cash. Chris, what do you have for this one? I'm so disappointed that Joe decided to talk about this at length because I thought he was going to agree with you that it wasn't worth talking about, and I was going to go, hold on, everybody. But, um, but yeah, I, I agree. I agree with Joe, and I think he I, I, said that this is um, one of her only tests. I, I will say this is really her only test that she's faced to date. Um, and I think that, you know, Carlos Bars is kind of tricky because she's not great at anything but she's pretty good at everything. She's a pretty good wrestler. She's a decent boxer. She's a decent, um, she's decent jujitsu. And I'm going to, I'm going to be curious. You know, we haven't seen, we see a lot of these really good wrestlers struggle when they're taken down and it's not top control. 
and no one's ever tried to take Tatiana Suarez down yet, basically because they haven't been able to because she's been doing it. But, you know, Suarez is going to try to do that, and I'm going to be really curious to see how that goes if she gets put on her back. Um, I take Joe's point, too, that she's not a great striker. She does have some nice light kicks, but that's about it. And, um, yeah, I'm not to run this too long because, uh, you know, I, we're kind of up against it, but I'm going to have a few uh, shares of, of uh, spars on myself. And if you're looking for one of those big favorites who everybody's going to be on them topple, I think this has a chance of being the one. So, you know, just keep it in mind. All right, next up, your GPP fight of the card, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan, 8,300, taking on Nico Price at 7,900. Razak Al-Hassan is the favorite at minus 120. The comeback on Price, plus 110. This fight is minus 400 to end inside the distance, minus 142, under one and a half rounds. I like Nico Price because I have a real worry about Razak Al-Hassan's gas tank. I think it could be he could be in trouble after three minutes, and I think Price could potentially get get takedowns here. Um, I know Omari Efmedov is a different level. He got a bunch of takedowns in that fight. Razak does have judo background, but again, we've seen him end up on his back before. It's not a strong strong pick, but I'm going to take Nico Price. I think he's got more tools, and I love the inside the distance prop to target this fight as a whole. If you're building 20 lineups, this fight needs to be in probably at least 16 of them, in my opinion. Um, Press, we'll start with you for this one. Oh, well, I certainly agree with that. Uh, you need to play this fight one or the other. I'm going to take Al-Hassan close. I mean, my problem, one of the things I like, and also my problem with Al-Hassan is he's a really athletic guy, and he seems to, that's the good part, but the bad part is he seems to just exchange and rely on his athleticism to, to you know, to make it that he's going to get out of those tight spots. And I don't know if that's going to work every time, especially against a, a counter counterpuncher like uh, Nico Price. What I will say is, is Price backs himself up a lot, and, um, you know, that's not a spot where you want to be necessarily with Alisson. Um, he hits extremely hard. He throws in combination. He varies his strikes really well. We saw that in Almasi where, where he fakes the jab and just came with that brutal uppercut, you know, bit on the feint, and then just so, I mean, the guy is just super dangerous. Um, it's true that Amari got takedowns in that fight, but um, the only he was only able to hold him there after he got tired. I mean, in the the first takedowns we saw, we saw um, Hassan get right back up. We saw him use the butterfly hooks really well. I'm not I'm not gonna put that as a kryptonite necessarily, and I think I'm picking Alisson by knockout here. But it wouldn't surprise me if you know he got you know too wild in an exchange and got hit by a hard counter. But the pick is Alisson. Yeah, nothing in this fight would surprise me except. A Hassan sub. Uh, Joe? Okay, yeah, that would be surprising. So uh, what's interesting about this fight is I actually think that Nico Price plays into Allah Hassan's weakness. Um, that, you know, we have seen Price get hit and lit up early in fights. Like, we've seen that. You know, and he, he always, like, seems to find a way. Like, Murano hurt him. I mean, we, he seems to find a way to come back and win. Um, so I think if Allah Hassan and he goes balls to the walls, that's his fighting style. Now, if he, you know, if he hurts price, he could finish him early. Now, if price survives the early carnage, um, you know, price could, I, I see, I see Hassan early and price late. And I think I'm going to go with the former. So my pick is Allah Hassan. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. We're just, 
I think Price survives, but it's it's close. That really is the uh, the difference. Next up, a fight that I'm expecting one of you guys to say is sneaky for DraftKings, but I ain't going near it. Jimmy Rivera, 8,400, taking on Jod Dodson at 7,800. Um, John Dodson is uh, death to DFS, good fighter. Uh, Rivera is the favorite, minus 140. Dodson, the underdog, plus 130. Dodson does have some power, and you have to question Rivera's chin now after the Marlon Marais knockout. That's the only angle I see on this one. Otherwise, it's going to be a fight. Um, Rivera scores well on DraftKings when he does with his takedowns. Dodson has good takedown defense. It should be a typical Dodson fight. Out at range, um, I think Rivera still wins it with volume because Dodson's volume has slowed down. I think it's a close fight. Um, it's with the DFS though for me, it's a fade unless you want to take a couple shares of Dodson based on the Rivera chin. That's all I see this one. But for me, the pick is Rivera. Go. Well, if there's any fight, you know, worse than the main event for DraftKings, it's this fight. <laughs> um, this fight absolutely is because yeah. at least Woodley could wrestle. I, 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 you know, Dotson is just like, he just always gets on the bike and Jimmy Rivera. I, I think Jimmy Rivera feels that he has something to prove. Look, he's my homeboy. So there might be a little bit of bias coming in here. Um, Jimmy Rivera is a Jersey boy, um, you know, lives in trains one town over from where I live. Um, but with that said, I think he was highly embarrassed by his performance against um, uh, Marias. He wants to be relevant again. Um, Dotson is look. I, I I hear people saying he slows that he slowed down, but still looks pretty darn fast to me. I see this as a very boring, low-scoring fight, kind of like split decision. Um, Dot Dot Dotson's going to be on his bike. If Dotson refuses to engage, you know, I guess you know you could look at Jimmy maybe winning by virtue of you know being the only fighter willing to engage. Um, so actually, Rivera is going to be my pick here, but I. I would not advise having a lot of exposure to this fight. Yeah, when I said slow down, I meant more his volume seems to. Right. No, exactly. Yeah. No, I understand that. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, Chris. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of in the same in the same wavelength. Although, if everybody's gonna fade it, maybe I'll play it some. But um, I I I think that um, you know, there isn't a lot to say about Jimmy Rivera that 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 I didn't say last time because we didn't see a fight. You know, we saw uh, 20 seconds and a head kick and, and that was it. I will say it's kind of harsh to say that his chin might be going after he got kicked in the head. But, uh, you know, that's uh, that's something else. But um, I think his chin, I don't think we've seen enough yet to say that his chin is suspect, but I do think that, you know, he's still a guy who likes to, gets in trouble a little bit when he plants his feet and throws. And um, I think Dotson is quick enough to maybe pick him off if he wants to do that. But other than that, I think this fight is basically going to be, as you said, you mentioned the, the excellent takedown defense. So if that's the case, I think it's, it's going to be, um, you know, Dotson giving a lot of ground, basically what you've seen from Dotson in his last three or four fights, giving a lot of ground uh, as Rivera chases him around. But I do think he can, he can maybe win a points fight that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm going to probably, have to be fading, have to have to be dog or passing, and more passing than dog, let's say that. All right, moving on, a fight that, please, can we skip, just skip this one, Zabit Magomed Sharapov, 9,400, taking on Brandon Davis, who's accepting this fight on short notice. I give him credit for that. However, he's about to catch a beating. Um, 
The beat minus ten fifty. Brandon Davis plus eight fifty. Um, play plays the beat here. Brandon Davis going to stand and trade. I think he'll make it. He'll he'll be game. But the beat just longer has grappling. Just the beat's better. Play him wherever you can. Moving on for me, uh, Chris. Please don't tell me you're picking Brandon Davis. I'm not, but I I do have to offer one small word of just just to just to get somebody off like a hundred percent like. I mean, there is a there is he's a too, there he's is too expensive for hundred percent. He definitely is too expensive for that. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean that's that's the case. But I mean, just just for the confidence level, I mean, we saw we saw him, you know, we saw him get tired in, in his last fight. And Brandon Davis, that's all he does is push a pace. That's all he's good at is pushing the pace and and not going away. By the way, he doesn't do that either. So I expect to be to win. I expect him to win handily. But I mean, if he can just Homer Simpson it and just be there. When uh, when uh, Zabit is tired, I don't know. He might have a shot, but otherwise, yeah, I'm picking Zabit pretty pretty heavily here. Oh. Well, what's interesting about this is that I heard that both Lineker and Barzola, you know, were willing to take this fight, and for for whatever strange reason that only the UFC and Dana White know, they they allowed Brandon Davis to take this fight. Um, I agree. I, I, I would have given it to Lineker. I agree with protecting Barzola because I think he's a legit prospect and I think you don't want to kill one of them with a short notice fight. I guess. I mean, okay, so we got Brandon Davis. The one interesting bit of narrative here is they both recently have fought Kyle Bosniak and, and um, both fought him with injuries. So, you know, D- Davis, not many people knew, had an injury in camp which, where he couldn't wrestle. And uh, Zabit broke his hand in that fight, Sean, that we were at in, in the at the Barclays. Yep. He broke his hand in that fight, which is why he didn't look better. Although it was, a, it was an interesting fight. You know, Bajniak was game, but Zabit. I mean, that's all I could say here. I mean, my only question is, is he going to get a finish? Davis is hard to finish. Sorry, I, I I got I got a comment flagged in our chat because I dropped an f bomb. Hey, ah. you know what? I, I think it's people uh, at Fightmetric who uh, work for YouTube or work with with YouTube. If you work with Fightmetric and you're watching this, f you. <laughs> Moving on. I went, I I went into a Fightmetric rant on Creating Alpha. So if you want to hear my rant, watch the Creating Alpha pod. Yeah, just do that. Okay, press for time. I'll move on, but I should we should do a whole episode on that. Jessica Andraj, 9,100, taking on Karolina Kovalkovic at 7,100. Um, Andraj is rightfully the big favorite in this one. She is minus 440, come back on Karolina, plus 390. Look, I like Karolina Kovalkovic. It's good showing last time out against Felice Herrig. This is the nightmare of a matchup for her. Pressure from Andraj. She's going to get taken down. She couldn't stop a um, Vidalia takedown. I think Andraj is just going to bully her around. Andraj is one. Rinse and repeat takedowns could get a submission. This is just a terrible matchup for Carolina. I think Carolina is going to be a popular punt. I think people are going to go there. I don't see it. I like I like Andrade in this one, but I, I am seeing a lot of love for uh, KK. Joe, is that love? Is that love warranted? I, I think it's warranted if you lost after KK <laughs> because she's already a winner in in being the the most bikini rockable fighter on this card. Um, thank you, KK, for posting those photos. Um. I look, I, J, Andrade is just a freak. She is a beast. She's going to pressure KK. 
Um, I just don't see KK having much of a chance here. Um, I would rank um, Asparza as having a better chance against Tatiana than KK. Um, you know, I'd have to say that Andrade is, pro- is probably my favorite play on the card. You know, cash, GPPs, um, 9.1K, you save a few bucks from uh, Zabib, you save a few bucks from Tatiana. Uh, I really do like Andrade here a lot. Um, and as much as I don't want to see that pretty face get beat beat up, I, I just don't see uh, KK having much of a chance here. Maybe, maybe she'll just get subbed. Chris? There you go. Yeah, um, I, I agree. Look, um, not only could she not stop a takedown from Gedalia, but it took her all of like 40 seconds to, to sink in the rear naked choke. Yeah. So I uh, – I, I think, like you're right, Sean, I think this is a nightmare matchup. I think Kowalkovich likes to come forward and be aggressive and control the space, but you're, you're not going to beat Andrade doing that. She's the queen of that. That's what she does. Even if you have some early success against her, she just walks right through it like the Terminator and, and you know, get you in takedowns and terrible positions, and, you know, she can, she can lift you any which way and slam you down, and it's just a bad matchup. Yeah, I'm, I'm going uh, Andrade, and she's one of my – one of my favorite uh, top plays. All right, let's move on to the main event. It is Tyron Woodley, Darren Till, minus 110 apiece. The current line on this fight as of Friday night, Till has the line value at minus 140. Woodley's at plus 130. For DFS, this fight sucks. They both could just stand around. Till, though, is massive, has knockout potential just because of his size and division. We've seen Woodley knocked out before. Granted, that was years ago against them. Um, <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. Uh, years ago against uh, Josh Koscheck, I believe. Now my mind's escaping me. I think it was Koscheck. Um, Woodley has some DFS upside in that he can wrestle. I like Woodley here. I think Till is this is too fast for him. I think he lost the Wonder Boy fight, whereas I'm convinced Woodley won his Wonder Boy fights. Um, yeah, give me Tyron Woodley here. I think he's got some more upside. Not a stackable fight. And now odds value. And the odds values on Till, yeah, I no, it's on, it's on it's on Woodley. They're both no. eighty one hundred. And Woodley's I'm sorry, the odds value is on Till, right? Yeah, yeah. he's minus one forty now, right? I, I, I'm not sure if I'm going to play this fight in cash. It's going to depend how my construction breaks down. So no way. Give give me Woodley, um, Chris. We'll start with you for this last one. I have a couple things to say. One is that um, uh, Wonder Boy did not win that fight against Till, but that's another subject. Nineteen out of twenty journalists scored the fight for Wonder Boy. That's good for them. Um, you know, but uh, I, I I think that um, this fight is super interesting to me because it, it could go one or two ways. We could get we can get brutal action or a quick knockout, or we can get that staring contest. And I think it's going to be one, I think it's going to be one or the other. And I think it's impossible to know which one we're going to get. Um, I I like Till. I like his the constant pressure that he keeps, and Woodley likes to back himself up. So that seems like a good marriage. Once uh, Till gets you where he wants you, he's he's very he's very diverse in the striking. He he can double jab. He can throw do the one two. He likes to throw uppercuts. I like that about him. I um the one thing about Woodley is you know everything he does in the cage is 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 very like utilitarian. It's all geared towards him saving energy. The reason why he doesn't wrestle all that often, as we've seen, is because he gets tired after he wrestles. So he's not going to have enough to to wrestle Till for a prolonged period of time. And even if he does, Till's a really big guy. I mean, 
I was I was rewatching uh, his fights, especially the cowboy fight. It's striking how big he is in there, especially when he when he flat when he you know splays that leg out in the stance. He covers a lot of ground in that cage, um, and he's going to be really hard to hold down. And if Woodley tries, that's all he's going to be able to do, and it's going to tire him out. And um, I don't know. I just I just like um, it, I think if um, if Woodley doesn't get a quick knockout, I think Till's going to break him uh, over five rounds. And, uh, you know, I just don't think you can count on Woodley to consistently wrestle. I think, I mean, I see people saying that for like every fight that he's in and he never really does it. So I'm not counting on doing that here. I'm going to, I'm going to say Darren Till's pressure and uh, good fight IQ, good, you know, variation in the striking is going to get this done. All right, I think we know the technical aspects of this fight, but Joe, how are you playing it on DF for uh, DFS? I, I don't love the fight a lot. I don't love it. I mean, other than Dotson Rivera, you know, this is probably my least favorite fight to play in DFS. I mean, I unfortunately, I think we're going to have more of the staring contest than the, the brutal battle. Um, I, I mean, you know, look, till. I don't see, well, outside of an undersized Donald Cerrone, like what, what, Till couldn't finish Serbian Steel, didn't finish Dalby. Um, I don't see him finishing Woodley here. I'd be very surprised if he finished him. Um, I, I did think that he lost the Wonder Boy fight. I actually thought he lost four rounds in that fight, um, personally. Um, so uh, I, I really did score four to one for Wonder Boy. That fight cost me a lot of money. Um, yeah. I think, that, look, that, I think, fight, that fight's for Wonder Boy anywhere but in England. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think Till is is a good prospect, but I think he has been really rushed along. Um, you know, I this is not the fight I wanted to see. I wanted to see, you know, Woodley. I would rather have seen Woodley Usman. I mean, is it any other number of fighters fights I would rather see? But um, look, what Woodley, Damian Maya couldn't take down. Woodley is good at defending against whatever the strengths are of his opponent. You know, with all those takedowns that he defended against uh, uh, against Damian Maya. I mean, you know, so my pick is Woodley. I don't know that the winner of this fight will score 10x, which is why I don't really like it for cash. I don't like it so much in GPPs. But I think you have a few shares because it is a five-round fight. But, you know, a lot of times we say, oh, yeah, you got to have exposure to the main event. You got to have exposure to the main event. This is not one of those cards where you need to have exposure to the main event. It would not surprise me, or actually I would be more surprised if one of the main event fighters was in the optimal lineup. Um, the other thing I would strongly advise not stacking this fight in yeah. cash. All right, guys, we are, it's just about time to get out of here. Let's wrap it up with some hot takes. Uh, do I have one ready? Anybody got a hot take, take ready for you? I got to think about it. You have one I'll give first? you one. Yeah. I'll give you one. Um, to, uh, to quote uh, our friend John Anik, uh, Carla Esparza bounces Tartiana Suarez from the ranks of the unbeaten. I wow. think, um, yeah, I, I think, look, I, I think this is still a test that she's going to have to pass. And until what? she passes it, I'm not, I'm not convinced that, um, you know, she can really – I'm not convinced she can really deal with everything that uh, Spars is going to bring. I don't think she's fought anybody even close like this in the UFC and probably in her whole career. So there you go. Okay. My hot take is we, this is going to be the polar opposite of white on rice as we are going to have two whites lose on this card. 
You, you really got to watch the phrasing there. So you're picking Diego Sanchez and Jim Miller, both the veterans to win. That is what I was going to say. So you suck with that one. <laughs> um, so let's just go with. Hmm. That really makes it hard. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. You ruined the segment, Joe. Come on. All right. No, no, no. I'll just. All right, it's a hot take because I don't think people see it coming this way. Jessica Andrade wins by knockout. Okay. All right. We'll take she's it. Not, she's not going to sub. I, I'm seeing a knockout. Well, wait, did John Anik really pick Esparza to upset Suarez? No, no. His, no. his, his thing is saying um, – oh, oh, he was just yeah. – oh, got it. Okay. Ranks the unbeaten. Got it. So that's, okay. that's it for UFC 228, guys. Again, follow all of us on Twitter, at Sun Tzu, at Real Chris Olsen, at the DFS Sniper, 1S. Good luck in your contest. Find all of us on Twitter – Ask us questions. Love talking to you guys. Get us on serious message. Um, message. Uh, what's his name? A at Jake. Uh, find Jake Latarski of Rotowire on on Twitter and tell him just, to put us on serious and just harass him. And Jake, thanks for being a good. He, he, he's working on it. He's working. He's, he's getting. He's getting a lot of pushback from from the uh, production people who don't even like to have baseball on. I know. Yeah, so. we're, we're we're just giving him a hard time. He he he's great over there. Um, yeah. So. Good luck, guys. I'll see you guys next week, yes? Moscow, right? I believe so. Moscow. Yeah. I get to, I get Moscow to Moscow and the boa constrictor himself. Yeah, yeah. We are, in the words of not a favorite oh. band of mine, back in the USSR. That's right. Yeah. I, against Jonas, against yes. some guy named Hunt. I don't know. Something oh, Hunt. Hunt. I think he's join, us, join us next week on Fight IQ as I tilt Alexia Linux. Good luck, Ooh. guys. <laughs> Let's do it. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.